Hey everybody, we have a new Facebook page which we will update when new episodes are available. Just search for and like Movies Charles Hasn't Seen on Facebook. If you really enjoy the podcast and want to help us out, please rate and review it on iTunes. It was a place where a man could start over, where a fortune could be made. They say every town has a story, Tombstone as a legend. Who is he? That's Wider. Better name for himself as a peace officer. I heard of you. I'm retired. You must be Doc Holliday. You retired too? Not me. I'm in my prime. Hollywood Pictures presents... The only real law around here is the Cowboys. The story of Wyatt Earp. The first time in our lives we got a chance to stop wandering and finally be a family. Now this is trouble we don't need. If we're gonna have a future in this town, it's gotta have some law and order. What do you want, Ringo? I want your blood. I want your soul. I want them both right now. They shot your brother. Now the time has come for justice. Yes, maybe you better swear me in. And he has to live up to his reputation. You got a fight coming. I'll be there! One last time. None of your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 16. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And as friends, we discovered Charles enjoys movies, but other than major blockbusters from the last 15 years, he hasn't seen any. So as good friends, we decided to expose him to personal favorites and cinematic classics. And this week we watched the 1993 movie Tombstone. So Charles, tell us about Tombstone. All right, so Tombstone is a Western about the legendary lawman Wyatt Earp uh, and his brothers who go to Tombstone, Arizona with the hopes of putting their lives of law behind them to make some money. This gang of outlaws called the Cowboys starts causing trouble and they end up killing the only sheriff in town. And so they can't sit back and just let this happen. So the Earp brothers decide to take over as the new sheriffs and instate some real law in town. But this leads to a big war between them and the Cowboys and lots of like revenge killings and it goes back and forth and basically it ends up with Wyatt as the only survivor, his brother's getting killed, but he ultimately does win their gang war um, and finds love. <laughs> yes, he does, I guess. Crossman, you have talked about this one for a while. I remember you mentioning it like when we first decided to do the show, and it came up a little bit when we did Assassination of Jesse James, and we finally watched it. So why were you so enthusiastic about Tombstone? <laughs> Um, it's definitely like a fun modern western. Um, it's very nineties. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even in its cast, so it has the great Kurt Russell in it. it yeah, another yeah. Kurt, Kurt Russell pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean he's such a great actor, and he's so like magnetic on screen. And yeah. uh, also the great uh, Sam Elliott is in this. Yes. Um, perfectly cast. Perfectly yeah. cast. This yeah. is the older sure. brother, Virgil yeah. Earp. Actually, this is like a really knockout cast. Uh, yeah. uh, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, <laughs> Michael Bean, Charlton Hessen. Billy Zane. 
Um, I was like, is that Billy Zane? <laughs> One of the guys from Lost is in it. Yeah, um, the guy that played um, Locke. In Locke, Locke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He shows up in a lot of things, surprisingly. A young Thomas Hayden Church is in yep. this movie. I, I spotted that one too. Yeah. I did not Sand. recognize uh, Stephen Lang as the... Yeah. Name, I think yeah. is his name. But that was him too, yeah. Because he, he like, looked really dirty the whole time, and I'm not used to him as like the very cowardly and like smaller character he's always like the huge jack dude now right like he's kind of castigan's type here yeah okay yeah so this is interesting so it's it's a modern western but it definitely like takes a lot of tropes from like 50s and 60s westerns where it's like the real like gunslinger western and not the uh more recent like depressed western (laughs) shall we say um that's one way to put it (laughs) like it's meant to be a lot of like shootouts and action and it's 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 epic so it like takes a a lot from the italian version of a western yeah known the spaghetti western and it's fairly faithful to history it compresses things and kind of glosses over some things but as far as like the events that happened around this movie, it's fairly faithful to like what actually happened in Arizona. It obviously takes a side where it's on the side of the Earps, but yeah, yes. the why why it Earp is like an interesting historical figure, and yeah, I, I honestly don't know that much about the history of it. Yeah, me um, and I didn't look into it. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, in a sense, like that does matter, right? Like loyalty to the the source material or the history of it and in another yeah, I mean, sense it kind of doesn't especially when you're dealing with these legendary figures i mean it's written by the victor for sure yeah um, and what why it is interesting because he lives kind of into the late 20s so there's Which movies they mentioned in the movie yeah. there's movies being made about him while he's yeah. alive yeah um so him as a person influences like the western early genre and now we see him uh, yeah, the, like influencing the more screen. yeah the more recent westerns. Yeah, and I I think this is probably like one of the last like fun westerns if we if we could put it that way. <laughs> I had a blast watching No Country for Old Men. Like, I yeah, don't know about you. <laughs> this is meant to be like an action. Yeah, movie, like an action. Like, yeah, and still a period no western. Is a fun. No, I don't. I don't think it's actually fun. But yeah, it, I mean that's it, like a like a lot of pondering about death. Yeah, know? that's not actually a fun this movie. movie's like a pew pew, you know, like right. a guns out, like you you'd shoot two guns. And, yeah, there's a lot of back yeah, and pawn yeah. this movie. I think like yeah, yeah you, you see. I mean, it's like Wild Bunch if they never left town, kind of. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's exaggerations to it. Like Doc Holliday apparently in real life was not like a. Like he definitely yeah. shot people. How many is but like he wasn't like the best gunman in the West. Yeah, yeah. and like how many people he shot is like <laughs> under like historical research kind of falls flat. Like, yeah, and, like, he might have only killed like two people. How would you crack that anyway? Yeah. yeah, two people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, he's positioned as like a yeah. the like sharpshooter with a pistol. Yeah. And, yeah, we also see I think Val Kilmer in a supporting role, which is like where he should definitely be. Yeah, um, when I think of the best Val Kilmer performances, which are this and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yes, they're both strong for supporting roles. Yeah, yeah. not like Island Doctor Moreau. Yeah, Val not Kilmer, Batman. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Val Kilmer really stole the show for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, the best part of this movie. He might have overshadowed Kurt Russell, which is pretty hard to do. I think he definitely did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was concerned about his health throughout this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He looks he like, looks bad. He looks like yeah. garbage the whole time. And I mean, he's still that. like the most badass guy in town. Yeah, it, uh, it, a lot of that's like really good makeup effects. So yeah, oh, or, or lack of makeup. This this is uh. <laughs> A movie that has less 
Oscars than Suicide Squad. Okay. All right. Which is shocking considering the cast, considering that this is a successfully financial movie. This is a very popular movie. Who beat Kilmer for Best Supporting Actor? He wasn't even nominated. This has two MTV Award nominations, (laughs) and that is it. That's the (laughs) only award nominations this movie got. Wow. That's crazy. Which is shocking because uh, I think people look back on this movie very fondly. Yes, definitely. I true. think a lot of people I've talked to like really like this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of living in the shadow of Unforgiven when it came out. Uh, possibly. Because that was the year before. And Unforgiven, I think, did win quite a bit. And it was a big comeback for Clint Eastwood into the Western genre yeah. after The Man With No Name. Um, so see. I think that might have been part of it. And Unforgiven is a better movie, I think, which goes a long way. Uh, and there was also another Wyatt Earp movie that came out that year. Called Wyatt Earp. Called Wyatt Earp, starring right. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Directed by oh, okay. Lawrence Kasdan, who did Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. there's our Star Wars mention for the episode. Yes. <laughs> God, <laughs> can't go without got it. Got it early. Um, so I think that might have been part of it. It's also more of a genre picture than... Uh, it's an epic. It's an, it's an epic, but it's also more of an action movie than something like Unforgiven, which is a thoughtful Western. And you can see the... Like there, there comes a time in the '90s and early 2000s when Western stops kind of being a genre, mm-hmm. movies and and starts being more prestige pictures, and yeah, this is like the transition. Like you can I think point to Unforgiven in this movie. It might also be the time period. So in the '90s, like the Academy's nose starts to turn up and it becomes yeah. all like art films. I guess yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Complete yeah. speculation. Maybe, no, but, that, but the, so the name wasn't always this way. And, and there were more. I mean, '90s is when uh, Silence of the Lambs won. Yeah, right. so '94, which is when this would have been up for an award. The best pictures are The Fugitive, In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and The Remains of the Day. Two 90. of which I recognize. Yeah, yeah, and they. I mean, yeah. Remains of the Day is good. Yeah, um, and The Fugitive's great. Fugitive is Fugitive's better than this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like Fugitive more. Um, um, didn't Pulp Fiction come out that year? And Schindler's List, and, and neither Schindler's of which List. are up for Best Picture. Yeah. Would Pope. they have been considered for 95 then? Maybe you're right. Yeah. I think they came out in 94. Yeah, you're probably right. Sch- Schindler's List did come out this year because I see Ralph Fiennes nominated for okay. Best Supporting. But Well then. Yeah, and yeah, Ralph Fiennes probably should have been in Val Kilmer too, so that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> sure. He was he was pretty good. Kilmer was like killing it in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he, he was... He, he was chewing up the scenery, right? And he was, like, getting everything he could out of those lines. But it's a, the character itself is, like, pretty thinly drawn. Even just what he does with the cigarette is very, like... Yeah, well, the, you know, the standout scene cool. is with the cup, right? Yeah. yeah. The scene with that's, that was fantastic. That probably might be the best scene of the movie. And, like, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah. And he carried that. So I, I've seen this movie, like, a, a handful of times and, like, very, <laughs> very fondly remembered it. I think the last time I saw it would have been, like, six or seven years ago. Um... Doesn't it didn't appeal to me as much this time around, and I think um, I mean it's probably just a maturity thing. It's <laughs> it's also just like the plot is essentially these like random criminals just like show up in Tombstone, appoint themselves sheriff, and then yep. like kill a bunch of <laughs> other bad yep. guys. I, uh, yeah, I saw this. which did happen. That that right. is historically accurate, right? But the movie, movie doesn't do that much with it. Like, I, I first yeah. saw this movie in high school, and yeah. I haven't seen it since then. But my memories of it from high school were like everyone else's, right? Like, Tombstone's right; it's a blast. Yeah, I watched it this time. I don't think it's a good movie. 
Like, I'll just, you don't I'll, think it's I'll, a good movie? I'll period. just all right say it. I don't yeah. think it was very good. Like, I think this movie has a ton of problems. I think it has it does some of the Western tropes pretty well. Like, there are moments when it does that <laughs> stuff well. Yeah, I like Kilmer. Uh, Kurt Russell's fine. Overall, like, I think that there are major narrative problems. I think that the characters often don't make any sense or just don't have any kind of support to them like it, it a lot of it just didn't work for me like i didn't think it was very good yeah which i was disappointed wow. by and surprised by but yeah I, yeah i don't think it fell apart completely for me but i was definitely like bothered by how the movie like kind of celebrates these guys who are have like very low morality yeah it, it, it yeah. felt like a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be Right, because and, and no, it wants to be like a classic Western. Epic, sometimes, right? right, like sometimes it wants to be a peck and paw movie, right? Like sometimes it wants to like be interrogating the the violence of what's going on. Sometimes it wants to be the big epic and like a John Ford movie, and yeah. just like here's the you know sweeping Western, right? And sometimes it wants to be like this character study of Wyatt Earp and this biopic about what he's doing. And it makes for this really schizophrenic film. Like, I can't keep track of what it's trying to do it's, in any given moment. I mean, it's a lot of film, too. It's like yeah. a going on two and a half hours of film. It's a, it's like 209. So it's not, like, excessively long. That's a normal length of a movie, I think. And maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes longer. But it felt longer because it, it, it was so hard to draw a thread from moment to moment. Right, and then the romance subplot was a big fat nothing. Right, like that just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, and well, part of it was there. There, were, it doesn't bring its female characters up very well, and then because of that, it's just like Kurt Russell like has a has a wife, I think, and then there's this other woman. She's kind of there too. Yeah, I, I looked. And that's actually some research I did do. Apparently, that woman was not his wife. She was just his girlfriend. For several years yeah. until he found someone better. I couldn't figure out if he was like a polygamist or like what. No, yeah, Which in not. Arizona at the time would have been. <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah. yeah. No, and the, you know, because the Mormon church is in yeah. like Arizona and Utah territory. Mm -hmm. They're not explicitly Mormon though. No. And historically Wyatt Earp is like, he kind of goes wherever the boomtown is. Yeah. Um, he's an interesting character because of that um, in reality where he's like. Um, starts off in the Midwest, uh, like outside of Chicago, moves to Southern California, yep. moves to Alaska. Yeah, he's all over. Yeah, he's all over. And for someone of the time who's very well traveled, is is interesting. Yeah, and then kind of finishes his life in in Los Angeles. But right. yeah, and it, it kind of felt like the movie felt like a sequel to a movie that was never made. Because <laughs> right? like you you come into it like. Like and you're supposed to know about... You're sp yeah, it feels or... like we're supposed to know a lot more about these people than we actually do. The Earps, yeah. Yeah, and a lot more about the relationships between them and especially between Wyatt and Doc Holliday than that we actually do. me. I really have no idea why they know each other or why right. they're so close. Because the movie never tells you. Yeah. Right? Like the, and it makes no specific effort to do it. And like, it doesn't know what relationship is the most important one, right? Because like he's driving... His drive is to avenge his brothers... Yeah, but then it works out that the most important relationship is maybe really with Doc Holliday, and we don't understand why, except that he's the one that shows up for the last gunfight, and we also then are supposed to care about this actress, like at the very end of the movie, who's yeah shoehorned in like very awkward. Yeah, and like and all those like that scene they have with the horses racing on the horses, like the scene afterwards when they're having lunch. Like every line of dialogue is just so hacky and awful. Like none of that lands, <laughs> and and that is supposed to be enough to like carry this relationship 
an hour later when the movie finally decides to end Dude, with they that. They make eye contact a bunch of times. A whole lot, yeah. They stare at each other a lot. They almost dance, I think. Um, so, and, and then they do at the end. So, man, like, I don't know. I don't want to use the word train wreck because I think there was stuff that I liked in here. But for the most part, I thought that this movie was just all over the place. Like, it just a lot of it didn't land for me. What did you think, I Charles? Can kinda, I can kind of see how that is. I was trying to pull together... <clears throat> Like, if the movie was trying to get at a particular theme or message, and I couldn't really think of something. Um, but I think my well, viewing... Its theme, its theme is, like, vigilantism is good. Well, you, you know, That's what it ends up saying, but I don't know yeah. if that's what it wants to say. It's about, like, his character, and, like, you know, there's parts where he's trying to discover what he really wants in life, and there's parts where he's, you know, trying to figure out his relationships with the people around him, and, like, you know, how much he should be involved with the justice of the town. And so there's a bunch of that, and I can see why you would say that, but I think my viewing is more in line with your guys' first viewings of the movie. Okay. Because I, I just yeah. watched through it, Good. essentially like an action movie. Yeah. Uh, and it just seemed like a lot of fun just to watch through as like a lighthearted action movie um, without much deeper substance than that. And, yeah. You know. I mean, if that's... It was all a you, fun show. Yeah, it, it is. There, yeah, there's not a lot of substance to it. But like, I, I agree with that assessment. Well, it's and, definitely, like, again, of its time, right? It's 1993 movie, which is, like, the decade of, like, kind of these action epics. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the disaster movie, like, really comes of age yeah. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's following up the, like... 80s and 90s like crime waves that are like very rapidly dying. It's very much a Law and Order movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So like it comes out of like you know a Clint Eastwood canon for sure, out of like a Death Wish, you know, Mm -hmm. influence where like you you know you want to be a lawman and you want to like put down crime and violently if possible. Yeah. 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 Ideally, because it's the only thing that like crime understands. Right. Right. A gun is a gun. Yeah. Because. Uh, well, I think, and I think that is like the real message of the movie, right? Because there's the one sort of like cowardly bad guy who who escapes multiple times. Like, they keep letting like, him go. Yeah. I'm like, you know what he's gonna do? <laughs> and he, it always comes back to bite yeah. them. Did you they see should... Silence that came out this year? Not yet. Okay, no. there's a character who did the same. List, so he did like... the same thing in that movie. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. But that trope they used multiple times in the movie where you're, you're right. They keep letting him go. They yeah. let him go like three times. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Literally. they even kill him at the end of the movie. Nope. Um, I think he, so I want to see like I a sequel where he comes like, back and just like kills wide earth or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, in 1929. Yeah. He actually dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I like, I think you're right. Like, I think that, that it, this is, that is what this movie is getting at. I think the message you take away from this is that you should go out and murder criminals. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, for a because moment, that's right. Yeah, I, like, for a moment, it seems to kind of regret its violence where, like, um, after the OK Corral shootout, which is yeah. kind of, like, the one of the big shootouts in the yeah. movie. It's the first, like, real big shootout. Yeah, well, it's the most famous shootout in Western history. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, the most iconic one. Yeah. Yeah, like, as children, we know that OK Corral is, like, a thing. Like, right. A shootout. You at least know that. Which is, like, bizarre, because, like, you would never know that it was, like, the Earps or, like, Doc Halliday was involved or... Nothing. Or why it happened. Oh, yeah. Like, what they were fighting about. Yeah, it's completely contextual- contextualist. Um, that moment that there there seems to be like some regret to the characters after that because there's like this funeral pr- procession that happens right they get kind of called out as murderers which they are yes uh even the like the lawman in town who like has a relationship with the cowboys but it, 
he is the the law in the area. Neighborhood police was like, I, I'm going to book you guys for murder. And, and Lighter was like, no. <laughs> yeah, but the movie doesn't do anything with that. Yeah, exactly. Because right? like, then, it, then it's just like, nah, you know, Wiredup was right. He's right. not going to book him. Yeah, because after that, yeah. there is literally a murder montage where he, like, goes across yeah. the Western Plains and just slaughters everyone he encounters. Yeah. And it's presented as this huge heroic moment. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the movie is like introduces that idea for a moment and then immediately abandons it. Like it feels like just pure lip service. Just like they introduce these ideas of like the conflict between your public responsibilities versus your private responsibilities. Yes. Right? Like like what he owes to his family versus what he owes to his community, which is an interesting idea. But when you couch it purely in a movie-long denial of the call, it's not very interesting, right? Like, that's not an arc. That's just a character saying no for 90 minutes it's or also, so until he doesn't. And It's also, again, like, drawing pretty heavily on, like, the Death Wish like, yeah. series of movies because that's, like, what happens in Death Wish is, like, Charles Bronson's daughter gets shot by random person of color criminal yep. and then he goes on, like, a murder spree <laughs> to, like, to, yep. like get, get back. And, like, pretty much the same thing happens in this movie. Right. Right. Well, but that's like all of Death Wish. They fit that narrative like into the last 45 minutes of this one. The first hour 15 is Wyatt Earp is saying, no, I don't want to be a lawman over and over and over and over and over again. Well, no, no, no. It starts on like, uh, here's why you should hate the Cowboys because they oh, they well, come uh, upon yeah. a Mexican wedding. Yes. And then right. murder everybody in the wedding. Right. So very like kill Bill. to make sure yes. you know that they're evil and it's right to <laughs> right. kill them. And that's exactly all that's for right that's yeah. the entire function of this. right yeah it just gives you a, a pass as a viewer to like yep. be like okay these guys are inhumane and in and their therefore morality. it's okay to slaughter yeah. them with no due process right yeah it's like maybe there was a history here maybe the mexicans like killed them right well, obviously not yeah but, right uh, yeah clearly yeah. there isn't but um yeah, even so like they, they still should be arrested and tried and they even have that moment where they do arrest someone and put them in front of the judge yeah. and they like the judge lets them off for a stupid reason, and they're complaining about it. So, so th- <laughs> that that apparently happened in real life. Oh, well, sure, so, it, it, but so, it's still in the movie. So the Earp brothers like tried to bring people to trial, mm-hmm. and the there was just like very flimsy evidence, and then they weren't able to convict anybody. Also, the courts of the time were probably not like yeah, well, looking I mean, for DNA evidence, that, but yeah. like, and, well, that's where the yeah. term circuit court comes from. Yeah, because the ju- judge would literally travel in a circuit around his area, and so he'd show up every you know few months. And yeah, just try whoever's available. And pretty like, I would assume that every case was pretty much a he said she said of like every single yeah. le- level. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. But the movie presents that as this horrible injustice, yeah, and that the only way to remedy it is by going on a kill spree. But that that would be like, but it doesn't stick with that, right? And that would be an interesting investigation, right? Where you have this like government that does not function properly versus like what people do in their private lives, and then as representatives of the government, like. That is, like, an interesting question. Right. And maybe is dealt with better in, like, a, a Clint Eastwood movie, although even then it's it's absurd. But... No, go ahead. Finish your point. But, so, in all of these movies, the what what is posited is, like, the, the government is in the way of the law. Right. Of, of, the, like, of the, justice. Of justice. Yeah. Yeah. And justice cannot be carried out because it's it's... 
the right. bureaucracy of the government stops From outside, it. right? They're specifically outsiders. They're not of the community. Right. And, and it, like, too, protects the criminal, like, too much. Yeah. Right. Which is a very conservative, retrograde idea. Yes. Um, have you seen Deadwood? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Charles, have you seen Deadwood? Nope. Okay, so Deadwood is one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, and in <laughs> the first season, they have this great episode where there is a murderer in town. Right, they know that the guy did it, um, and the judge isn't going to be around or something. Or they just don't have because it's a brand new town. They don't have a judge set up, and it's not actually a state; it's just in a territory. So they impanel their own jury. They recruit a person from town to be a judge, another person to be the prosecutor, another person to be the defense attorney, and they hold a trial in the town saloon. Mm-hmm. And like that was an interesting way to handle that question, right? right. Like that's an, that's a thoughtful way of thinking about what do you do when a legal system hasn't been established, yeah. right? Like, how does society create itself? <laughs> this movie's answer to that question is... You should kill everybody. You should kill everybody. Yeah. Because <laughs> the law is meaningless. <laughs> and that is a horrible message, right? That is that is really retrograde and conservative and reactionary and disappointing, right? And I feel like I'm this just, is kind of feeding off of at least my impression of what, like, classic Western tropes is, though. Because, like, when I think of Westerns, I don't think of you know, the due process of the law or anything like that. I think about, like, you know, lawlessness in town and gunslingers and taking justice in your own hands and stuff. So this just kind of fits into what I would expect out yeah. of the Winston. Yes. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly does. However, it's a depiction versus endorsement problem, too, right? Okay. If, if you're just showing the lawlessness of the West, that doesn't necessarily mean you're approving of the response to it, right? This movie, I think, is pretty explicitly approving of it, right? Like, it, yeah. goes, it goes out of its way to show this as a good thing. To It, it gives the hero what he wants <laughs> after he mm-hmm. is going on his revenge spree, right? As, oppo- as opposed to other movies that would take a more critical view of that, of that style of justice, right? And, and this okay. one is not interested in that. This one is saying, yes, you should be killing people. Without, yeah, again, without it has like a moment where it's like, I don't know if you should. And then it's like, no, you it's, definitely should. Yeah, it's just a straw man, right? Like, they're, yeah. they, it's just a, a straw man yeah. argument. Because his brothers get shot up. Right. And so then it's like, all right, here's your license to, license to, to murder. Kill. Right, in case the, the wedding party at the beginning wasn't enough or you forgot right. about that because you don't know those people. Right. Like, Which, <clears throat> that's, that's another moment where, like, history got compressed a little bit. So, yeah. like, I think in 1881... Virgil is shot in the arm and maimed, mm. and in 1882, uh, James is assassinated. Okay, so they didn't have more than like a day of each other. Or yeah, yeah the same <laughs> night <Yeah>. even. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it would to do that as a movie is like a little bit more boring. Yeah, right? they, they, they made this the right choice. Nice, yeah, yeah, that was the correct decision. Yeah. That way, uh, the the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I mean, now that I think of it, the beginning of the movie refers to the cowboys as the earliest form of organized crime like the voiceover guy yeah that's a yeah. hell of a which claim. is yeah which is indeed a hell of a claim because i don't know how organized these guys were yeah. um they had the same ship sash on but i think that's another good point of comparison because i was reminded of the godfather watching this right mm-hmm. it, it, especially this sequence probably the, one of the most famous sequences in the godfather the when they're giving the baptism and he's killing Mo Green, and he's killing all the other leaders of the New York families. Yeah. That reminded me a lot of the montage of Wider yeah. going around and killing all the cowboys that he can find. The difference, of course, being that Michael Corleone is framed as the bad guy yeah. after he does that, and it's his fall from grace. 
Whereas here, it's his, it's Wyatt Earp's ascension to legend and heroic Those, status. The writing, like, murder montages are hilarious because they have to like have more and more creative ways to like to kill people (laughs) and at some point there's someone like slung around the side of a horse and like shoots under the horse's neck trying to like take cover while they're like on a horse but there's like there's only so many ways you can show someone getting shot in a horse and yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) one one thing that's good which uh, normally bothers me in these movies is sometimes they'll trip the horses and like have people fall off them. Oh yeah, and they didn't do that in this movie. I was like, that's at least they like avoided that. Didn't rope. sacrifice horses. So <laughs> yeah, the, you can trip the horses in a way they don't get injured, but there's still like a lot there's of a danger involved. to like a two thousand pound animal like rolling, break, break yeah. all its legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that does remind yeah. me of one of my favorite jokes in Blazing Saddles when Mondo or Mongo or whatever comes along and he punches the horse and it falls the other way. <laughs> that one gets me every time. So yeah, there's all sorts of creative ways to make horses fall over. Uh. Um, what did we like about this movie? Like, I, I feel like I just spent 20 minutes shitting on it. So, like, what is... uh, Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell are great. I thought okay. there were a lot of yeah. really like great like scenes with characters interacting and like yeah. just being super manly and that kind of there's stuff. a lot of that yeah yeah like you know when he first shows up at the saloon mm-hmm. when kurt russell first shows up at the saloon he wants to assert his power or whatever and there's like the asshole who's playing cards oh yeah he goes up yes yeah, it's, it's and, slaps his dick on the table that one. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean with best said like that and not to do wrong oh, that was uh i forget I forget his name all of a sudden. The actor? Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I forgot. Just out of nowhere. Freaking Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> is a minor character in this <laughs> yeah. movie, which is insane. I didn't know it was him. I had to look it up after because I saw when, him in the credits. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, did, I missed him. it when I was watching it, too. Like, when did Sling Blade come I was out? just, like... That was 96. I was already Googling it. I think it was 96. <laughs> 96, yeah. Which is when he got famous, really, with Sling Blade. That's true. Like, That's a tragedy, though, to not to have him as just, like, this minor, minor... But he's got role. a very different look in this movie from what you're right. used to. Because usually you, he's extremely thin. From yeah, what I've seen at least. Have you seen a sling blade? Charles? No, no, that's a I haven't heard of that. Actually. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the sling blade's good. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think he becomes Billy Bob Thornton at, after sling blade, like after he okay. does that. Whereas here he's like a dude, right? yeah. <laughs> and so they get to like put him in this costume and have him be right. a jerk. Uh, no, um, well, he also did another Bill Paxton movie. Um, speaking of Bill Paxton, he was also in the other Wyatt Earp movie that year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like in a smaller role, but he was in both of them somehow. Not as James Paxton, I assume. Or yeah. James uh, Earp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he had a different, yeah, he had a different role, but he was in both of them. I was like, I thought that was pretty odd. Um, but I think that scene that you're talking about is another good example of the incoherence of this character, right? Yeah. Because he spends, like, the first portion of that movie talking about how he doesn't want to be a lawman, he doesn't carry a gun, he's not interested in violence anymore, and literally the first thing he does when he gets into town is, like, threaten this guy, like, yeah. kind of rough him up a bit, and then physically throw him out of the bar, violently taking his job. And it's like, what the fuck is this movie trying to say? Like, what is what are we supposed to be understanding about this character when that is what we're presented? Like, it, he's just totally incoherent. Like, there's nothing about him that makes sense. Same thing, like when he has that conversation with the the actress, and they talk. She talks about how she wants to see the world and all this, and like that conversation. She wants room service. She wants room service, right? She wants room service. She wants to travel all over. She wants to see things, and like that conversation is all it takes for him to like reevaluate his life plan. And like there was nothing before that to suggest that he was 
anything other than totally confident in settling yeah. down and like having a family and being a blackjack dealer for yeah. the rest of his life and you know, opening up his own pub at some point. And it's again just like the total, and, and then they abandoned that. Like it doesn't come up again until way later. Like was well, he struggling with the idea for the whole movie? Except they don't show the struggle, right? Really the, the struggle is no, I don't want to be a lawman. No, I don't want me to be a lawman. Okay, yes, I do. Yeah. And like th that's just not articulating your character's <laughs> needs and wants. Have you seen um, One False Move? No, but it sounds familiar. He, it's another Bill Paxton movie, but um, Billy Bob Thornton is like kind of the main bad guy in He's it. A good villain. Um, and it's 92, so it's like right before this. So they probably do that movie and then yeah, they recruit probably, one or the other. Into yeah, or they were shot at the same time. And <clears throat> yeah, One Fall yeah. Smooth is really, really good. Okay, yeah, it's, I don't know anything. I think I might have heard of it, but I, I'm not yeah. familiar with that movie. Yeah. No. You haven't seen one false movie, no. Charles? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> great, see, great Bill Paxton movie. Did you see Fargo? The first season of Fargo. Not the movie Fargo. The first season of the show yeah, Fargo. Excellent. Yeah, he was so good in that. Yeah. Charles, nope. have you seen that? He's super menacing. Yeah, he's great. If you like Billy Bob Thornton, check that out. He hasn't seen, you haven't seen Fargo the movie, though, right? No. Okay. Really? Oh. Oh man! Okay, <laughs> well, there you might go. have to change your choice. What, I, I literally what do you might have to at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Wilson said he was waffling on what movie to do next week, so yeah, he no, might I, have thrown a wrench <laughs> into that here. Indeed, I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you'd seen that movie. Really? Wow. Um, okay, so we're talking about things that we like in this movie. Yeah. Um, what What worked for you, Crossman? <clears throat> um. So again, like Kurt Russell, he obviously overacts, but he's like a really good overactor. Yeah, I mean, that's horror often calls for that, right? And that's his his calling. Yeah, Paris, he does pedigree. that in this movie too. Like yeah. when he's out in the rain, he has the blood on his hands, and <laughs> yeah. he's screaming up to the heavens. Yeah, he makes it work with whatever character he plays. Right? Telling the women to get away from him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just so hammy and yeah. over the top. Yeah. But it's like he makes it work in a way that like most actors like could not sell that. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a which is that's why a tough line. Like instead of calling it overacting for me, I would just call it fun. Yeah, I mean, it, he's having fun with Kurt it. Russell, yeah. yeah, like being able to take something that's like poorly written and overwritten, yeah, and like make it work, yeah. And that's the sign of like a true good actor, right? right? But he comes out of like crazy movies, right? Like Escape from New York. Escape <laughs> from New York is insane. Yeah, Kurt Russell's amazing, in it, yeah. right? Yeah, and so like you, you could only make some of these lines work in this movie but coming coming from something like Escape from New York where like yeah. you're saving the president and the <laughs> future was, yeah. the future prison island of New York City right yeah. president that's like president so so infinitely more absurd than like anything in this yeah movie. because this yeah. is more kind of a true story yeah, well, and but the lines are obviously like ridiculous wait, yeah. right it, it, yeah. well it's kind of nice to see him later in his career Working with better writers and directors, right? Like in Hateful Eight, like you see him with, like this is what he can do with a good script. Again, he is phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, like he is fantastic, um, and it, it just goes to show what a good actor with a good director can hey, can gonna, do. He's gonna be in Guardians too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Star Lord's dad. And in yeah. Fast right. Furious, Fast Eight too. All right. He was in Fast Seven. Yeah. <laughs> I forget now. Yeah. He was already in Fast Seven as like yeah. a FBI guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was speculated that he was. One of the characters' father in Fast and Furious. That turned out not to be true, <laughs> as far as I know. We haven't seen Fast Eight yet. Yeah, 
But in Guardians, he is confirmed yeah, as Space Lord's father. Star Lord. Star Lord, whatever. <laughs> yeah, his dad, which yeah. is like the big mystery from the first one. Right. Nobody knows who his dad was. And there's all sorts of speculation. Good thing they told us in the trailer. Like, yeah, <laughs> they told us that it's none of these yeah. people that were in the first one. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so I think he's great. Um, I love I love Sam Elliott on screen. He's, just in he's the cowboy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's well, specifically the old cowboy, right? Yeah, like when he's he's been old, and when he's young, he looks <laughs> old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like in I'm... Roadhouse, where he's you know thirty mm. years ago, right? Seen Roadhouse, right? No, Charles. I've okay, not... he looks ancient. In yeah, it. thirty years later, he looks the same old age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like Big Lebowski, right? He looks the yeah. same in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, he, he plays the same character. He plays he's the same old character. cowboy. Yeah, I haven't seen Big Lebowski either. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Now you got that's some that's hard so choices. so many wrenches everywhere. <laughs> got a whole toolbox. Two, two Cullen brothers. <laughs> right, Back yeah. to back here. Um, he's, yeah, he's great. He's such a reserved actor. Um, right, and, but, and he knows just when to, like, deliver his, like, you know, he knows just the right wink to put on his weird Western line. Yes. <laughs> right? Like the yeah. like in Big Lebowski when he says, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. Yeah. Right? Like he does that you know, just right. Just gets the right twinkle in his eye. Yeah. I think all that I've seen him in is as the other Ron in Parks and Rec. Okay. <laughs> when he yeah. plays that hippie. Yeah. yeah He's that. like the exact opposite of his usual character. Yeah, that's a great role. still with the same voice. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great moment. He's the voice <laughs> of Ford Trucks, right? No, he's the voice oh, of yeah. Coors. And Dodge Ram. Dodge Ram. I looked this up because I knew it sounded like him in those commercials. He's also the voice of Beef is what's for dinner. Oh, really? That was him. I'm pretty sure it's him. I believe you. Yeah, but that's insane. I could be making that up, but it sounds just like him. Let's see. The the moment I liked the best in this movie, um, and I mentioned it earlier, was the the cup when, when Val Kilmer is... Yeah. has the cup scene and the thing that I like most about it I think American Beef Council and most notably the American Beef Council <laughs> most, most notably succeeding Robert Mitchum in the latter <laughs> that was Robert Mitchum originally wow Dodge IBM Kinney Drugs Union Pacific wow and, and American Beef Council Robert Mitchum did the info to this movie he was the voiceover guy oh. that you know, over the black and white bits it all comes together Since, yeah. he's also been the voice of Cora's beer yep because of his western banquet beer <laughs> western appeal <laughs> western, western appeal yeah he, he also does like a bunch of cartoons because he's such a good voice yeah oh and he did the Super Bowl intros too really yeah uh, I remember yeah so the Steelers Green Bay Super Bowl he does and Steelers it's Green just Bay like, Okay. They cut these like pre-trailers to the Super Bowl, and they were like, "We need Sam Elliott because he's like America's voice." <laughs> he must make like. a killing doing that. I I'm sure he gets paid so much money. Yeah, because his voice is so from, distinct. Yeah, probably more than he makes from movies. Like, oh yeah, because his movies are always like bit parts. Yeah, so. yeah, he must be yeah. great with that. Um, I like Keith David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, the the cup scene. The thing I like best about that scene is. Yeah. The director picks exactly the right moment to pan down and show you that Kurt Russell has a shotgun under under his blackjack table. Yeah, like it's exactly the right moment to raise the tension in that scene. Yeah, because right? otherwise it's just kind of silly and like we don't know if this guy's really going to shoot and he probably isn't. Yeah, and, but we know that like mm-hmm. Kurt Russell has that ready and it's like ready to like really set off this yes this tinderbox. And I think that they 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 shot that just right. Like that was a great moment. Right. Yeah. And again, like Tarantino seals that right. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. They yeah. ratchet it way up. But then it goes the opposite, 
right? Where there's there's no <laughs> way to calm the situation down. Right, exactly. So just like, that tinderbox goes off. Yeah, which is yeah. arguably Tarantino's best scene. Like that that tavern scene in Glorious Bastards. It's, is, it's up there. Is up there. Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch that. It's yeah, been a too. while. I, I have it. seen it, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's. I, I like that movie a lot. Um, I remember seeing that one in theaters. Pretty, pretty, yeah, that's pretty the clearly. only time I've seen it. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that was my favorite moment. Uh, most of the time when Val Kilmer's on the screen, it works pretty well, even though that, his that, character. That part was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It was nice seeing Michael Bean again because I had just rewatched Terminator One, um, like <laughs> maybe a week prior to yep. watching. Two In the theater, right? Yeah, 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 that was a great experience, but. You know, I like Michael Bean a lot. Um, he was in Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun's uh, <laughs> full motion video. Go on. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, it was famous for. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time I'd seen him. <laughs> James Earl Jones was also in those. Yeah, but, he was. You know, that was my first RTS game, so that's a big deal to me. But no, I, I like him, and I I liked his kind of over the top intensity in this one, where he's like way too serious business all the time. Yeah. And like just crazy and angry all the time. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and it was the perfect like way to offset his over the top seriousness in in that scene where you know he's doing the gun flips. And yeah. Stuff. Well, he, I mean, Kilmer is such a good foil for that. Right? Yeah. Because exactly. he, he's just totally non serious the whole time. Right. He's constantly just cracking wise and yeah. you know like doing whatever goofy thing is available to him. And so to have his rival be this hyper serious guy is yeah. it, 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 they offset each other really well in that sense yeah powers booth is also great as the bad guy and another like the, yeah another great deadwood alum right because yes he, he was the uh, casino owner in deadwood and he was great there too the way he when, delivers that well by scene is so perfect oh, yeah that, that was like, good there's yeah. such a like nonchalance <laughs> to it after yeah. having killed wyatt earp's brothers yeah like, all right yeah he i mean he he has such a villainous look to him. He has, he has these dark features, right? Yeah. And like the, the, you know, the big dark mustache. Um, that he, <laughs> he looks like a bad guy, and he can he does menace so well, right? Right? Like he, he's it, it's easy for him to look powerful and angry and like right on the verge of yeah something. Um, I guess that's one thing that kind of annoys me when I'm thinking back about the movie is. Basically, the start of all the conflict in the movie is him drunkenly shooting the sheriff. And so all the conflict yeah. is just him being drunk. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a recurring theme because they keep running into people who are too drunk and, like, angrily making threats. And they end up going, oh, he's just drunk. Yeah. Like, nearly everyone is, a bunch. is drunk <coughs> the whole movie. It seems like there are characters yeah. that just are inebriated or uh, high on opium yeah. for significant portions of this film. And yeah, that is what leads to conflict. But in a way, that kind of takes away from the menacingness of the cowboys. Is just he's just a they're crazy just, drunk guy. There's just shoots, a bunch of drunkards. He shoots a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their psychopathy is like pulled down, which is like, and he gets drunk and, and, he, and he sometimes. Gets, right. It's like, that's the unevenness of this film showing. I think. Right. That they they can't <laughs> find a more authentic threat. Right. Yeah. The, the the threat has to come from this kind of external thing that doesn't have much to do with the characters. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is a bummer, right? Like, And I think it again shows that they just haven't really thought about these people in any kind of real depth. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't see an inner life at work for any of them, really. Right, like, there's, I, I don't know what they're thinking in any given moment. I can't make a reasonable guess. Like, I, because I, yeah. I don't understand what they're striving for. Yeah. 
right? Other than just the very basic, yes, I want to be a lawman. No, well, it's just revenge, right? It's constant, like, right, which revenge, is but not a which does not a movie make. Like, <laughs> you need more than that to no. have to have something functional, or and, or comment on it like City of God does, right? Right. So you have the constant cycle of revenge that's happening in City of God, and it shows you that like. The younger and younger and younger generation yep. is like are learning, yeah, that inflicting the revenge. Yeah, they started sort of showing that with his brothers getting killed, and then yeah, but there's he no just manages to kill all of them and win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah the follow up is he gets exactly what he wants. Right, <laughs> right. Like and that's the problem, right? Like no people go into these revenge cycles thinking that they can get out ahead and win in the end, right? But the right. problem is you don't. Yeah. Except you're, that's exactly what happens, right? right? Like, yeah. it's the, the revenge fantasy is literally playing out the way you would yep. expect. Um, and it doesn't even seem to affect him on a moral level, right? Like, he doesn't feel bad about doing this stuff, yeah. right? It's it's just, I'm glad I survived. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I kill, got to kill everyone that I wanted to kill. If anything, he's a little disappointed that he didn't get to kill the last guy that Val Kilmer kills. Like, that is the depth mm-hmm. of his feeling in response to this. Yeah. And... You know, like, I, that that's it's hard to care about a character like that, right? It, it's hard to give a shit about that guy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that uh, one thing I, th- I think works well in the movie, though, even though it's like kind of murder porn, is uh, <laughs> the action scenes are are really awesome. Like, and them. that's the appeal of the movie, right? Yeah, is, is the like the shootout, the OK Corral. Is, that was- like, yeah, they, they great. Like they mostly got that shooter. right. Yeah, yeah, like that was that was really effective. Um, I would have rather seen like the, rather than a montage, two montages of him killing people. I would have rather seen actually choreographed scenes um, of them. Yeah, doing. that felt like. Well, we need to show that like the gang is being right. like destroyed, Over but they do period. it twice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's where it feels like the second one is basically the same. Shot of, clearly shot on the yep. same day as the first one. Yep, and it's just like other ways of like killing yeah, people. Edited in the exact same style. I mean, yeah. this feels like a movie where they got done with principal photography, <laughs> looking like, at everything. They are had. we going to move to second unit now and shoot horse, shoot right, and, horse and, murders? Just like we have no idea how to put this movie together. We better like cobble together a couple. Yeah. Uh, montages at the end here to. Oh, one of the worst was in the second montage where the the Ike finally like lets go of his sash. Yeah. And they cut to Wyatt and Doc on horses next to each other, and they like reach very gingerly over and shake <laughs> yeah. hands from horse, from horse to horse, something. and it's like, yeah, what what just happened? Yeah, like but, why did they do that? that well, was, I, uh, I think use wingman anytime. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that's yeah. what it feels like is that it's, they're just kind of trying to shortcut their relationship because they know they didn't build it in the beginning of the movie when they needed to. Right. And it doesn't work, but I think that that's what they're that's what they're aiming for. So in, in real life they were <coughs> friends prior to Tombstone, I believe. Yeah, and then which, at one point Doc Holiday like uh or at least Wyatt Earp like claims that Doc Holiday like saved his life in some sort of situation where he would have been shot by someone in a bar. Would have been a nice thing to show in the movie. <laughs> I and, thought I was fairly sold by their relationship in the really? movie, actually. Maybe it's just by like the amount of time they spent together doing these things and the amount of like dedication that Doc had. Yeah. Um but I also like that little scene where um the guy says, like, oh, I wouldn't risk my life for my friends. Uh, I have plenty of friends or something like that. And he says, well, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good line. Nice that was a good line. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that one worked. Um, and Kilmer delivers it in, like, a kind of an underhanded way that, like, yeah. makes it work. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, but it's it's still not clear to me why Doc Holliday gives a shit, right? Because they, they show him as, like, He's they present. 
Yeah, they but they they spend the whole movie presenting him as this guy who all he wants to do is gamble and drink and horror around. Yeah, he's a bit of an nihilist, and then right, and then he isn't. Yeah, for reasons. Because he's friends, right? With, yeah, with White Herb, his like friendship to his like dedication to he, White Herb is like his true brother. Yeah, but we don't know why that is exists or why he feels that. Or, we would have known that if we had seen if the, them the, like save each other. Yeah, the prequel that didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. Like it's this movie that uh, assumes a lot of knowledge and sympathy from the audience that that doesn't earn. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe this is coming off like I mean, its audience is clearly like middle-aged white guys, right? <laughs> that, 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 that's what they cast. So it yeah, so it would, you know, maybe especially in the '90s, this is you know a group of people whose like fathers are their favorite thing is western, or they grew up on westerns, right? And they so have I seen think, the other white art movies, right? So yeah. you're like aware of these who these characters are. It's definitely like this is an old movie now. Yeah, ninety three is it's twenty four years ago. Yeah, yeah. So there are people that could have voted in two presidential elections. That <laughs> yeah, or weren't born at the time <laughs> this movie came out. So, um, yeah, so. Like we are seeing this with a bit of a distance, and again, right. I think that so going back to like the '90s crime spree, I wrote this down in my notes that it starts by saying that the West is more violent than modern day in New York or LA. Okay, which is hysterical now because yeah. New York is like one of the safest cities in the country at, yes. the, at this moment. So again, like this is a very like '90s headspace of like the inner cities are out of control. And this movie like shows a way in which you could get crime under control, and that is to shoot right. Criminals. But yeah, it's, it's just not an interesting way, no, or a true way, or no, of course not. But right. but the, again, this is like the theory of crime movies of this right. time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, as a yeah. as a cultural artifact and as a, a way into the conservative headspace, it's uh, it, it is interesting, right? It's yeah, worth watching maybe. Yeah. Um, but as a film. It's all over. Yeah, it's super all over. Yeah, it, it's it's much less effective for me. That yeah. that, and I don't think that we can say, oh, this movie's bad because it was made twenty four years ago, right? Like, there, there's a lot. We've watched a lot of movies that are much older than that that work really well yeah. now, and I think that that's what good movies do is that yeah. they they can transport you and be effective even if they're very old. Right. Like you know, if you want to do a real epic, you know. Lawrence of Arabia, right? I we, love that movie. we see the like o- over the many <laughs> years, like the the transformation of Lawrence, like yeah. the, the main character, right? Yeah. And, and it makes here, perfect sense. Yeah, right? like oh, every yeah, beat, totally. every beat is well articulated, and we know why it's happening. And it's historical, yeah. right? It's historical epic. It like we it looks way better than this movie, and this movie came out thirty years later or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, Charles, you made a face, so I assume you have not seen. I have not of, seen Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. Yeah, um, I, that's one of my all timers. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. yeah, even just the widescreen alone <laughs> makes it as a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they invented specific camera, like the the that famous shot where the guy is walking across the desert through the the mirage towards the well. Yeah, like they invented a camera in order to take that shot. Yeah. Like it, it would have wow. been impossible to take that shot prior to Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, like it, it exists for that. This, this movie's doing the opposite, yeah. right? Where it's yeah. like, it's built on its nostalgia from 50s and 60s and earlier yeah. westerns and is doing it in a 90s way. 
Yeah, well, with it, like every famous '90s actor, right? It, it, where in a '90s it's only way, missing like a handful of like famous '90s actors. Yeah, like, or it, in yeah. a '90s way, in that sentence means without thought. Yeah, right? like it's doing it without <laughs> any kind of notion towards what it's actually saying or why. Yeah, like it, it's it just throwing stuff on screen. Yeah, to, yeah. For me, it feels it's much more Peck and Paw than Ford, and because of the violence. Yeah, right. Like Peck and Paw is a much more violent director than Ford ever was, and. Even Peckinpah, with all of his nihilism and his pessimism, he still was doing things purposefully in his films, right? Yeah. Like, he was still commenting on what he was depicting and not simply depicting it. Which or, movies did he do? The most famous one is The Wild Bunch. Okay. Uh, and The Wild Bunch is a famously violent movie. And it, mm-hmm. even by modern standards, it's a violent, violent movie. All right. um, but he... It, it, he shows us who these characters are. He, it's a, it's one of those end of the West movies where you're you know, mourning for what you no longer have and you acknowledge yeah. that you're dying, growing older. Um, so it, it's dealing with those ideas, and this movie is not interested in any of that. Yeah. Like it's not approaching that with any kind of nuance. No, this one wants to celebrate in the West to live on. Celebrate right. is the right word. That's yeah. this movie's a celebration. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a celebration of murder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It also. Uh, in very much '90s vein too, like is n- just entirely white cast. And, yeah, and oh, yeah. we know that in reality that is completely untrue. Yeah, there were, apparently I I read a little bit before this. We, there was even some brown face in this. Like they they took some Italian guy and like made, a Mex- made his, one of the Mexicans. Yep, I mean, oh no! <laughs> yeah, so God damn it! <laughs> so I'm all that one over. <laughs> Why are the '90s so terrible? <laughs> they are pretty terrible. Uh, so yeah, I think is this our first '90s movie? That we've done, uh, I think it might be. I'd have to look back at our episodes. Yeah, and I Pitch think Black like just makes two thousand. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I think this may be our first movie from the nineties. And interesting, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, this is easy. No, this is a perfect nineties movie, though. Right. It, it, yeah. This it starts may... the decade off with a bang, really. And... Yeah. It, well, and it shows just the lack of thought in our action movies because I, I, I think that the nineties are responsible in a lot of ways for the bad reputation that action movies have now. When really, like, modern action movies are much more thoughtful and nuanced and better than what we got in the 90s. But it's well, st- we're still suffering from this no, terrible 90s. I don't know if I like, agree. The 80s, though. There's a lot of, like, brainless um, 80s yeah. action movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, that movies, fair. like, the Death Wish movies. Yeah, like, we, we got Die Hard, which has Die more Hard. going on um, than early. It's at least better made. Uh, Lethal Weapon, like, uh, it yep. was out of the 80s. And, again, at least... Well made. Movie and <laughs> all, all the flavor. 80s like kind of disaster flicks. Too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So maybe that's fair. But um. But I think, I think the early 2000s though takes it in a whole other direction where it becomes about patriotism. Yeah. In response to 9/11. Yeah. In response to 9/11. Yeah. Because yeah. everything is like, oh, now we need to celebrate the army and right. all the national. Right. But I I, I think that defense forces. Modern action movies are. Uh, Better, right? Like I feel like we're we're getting better action movies now. You're more at, diverse. Yeah, I mean, you look at stuff <laughs> Fast like, and Furious yeah. being a great example of that, right? right. Yeah, Which sure. really is. Like, yeah. So you got that. You have Mad Max, right? You have uh, Edge of Tomorrow, right? And even like the big prestige ones, like Zero uh, Dark Thirty, right? Like that's a lot. That's a much more cerebral movie than what we would got would have gotten in the early 2000s or the 90s, right? Yep. I don't know if you want to call it an action movie, but there's 
you know, military activity. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an activity movie. <laughs> what differentiates these like better recent action movies from the really bad '90s ones? I mean, you say it's because they put more thought into it, but where's this thought going? You'd say. Oh, well, I mean, you've seen Mad Max, yeah. right? Like just by, I mean, it's kind of unfair to pick one of these like all-time yeah. greats. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, right. Action. <laughs> no, I think we could talk about Fast and Furious even though, right? Yeah. Oh, well, you can. I mean, you. I haven't seen them all. I feel like a lot of people would put Fast and the Furious in the mindless. Drek category, though. Sure, but they're they're fun. They're really well made. Like they have like issued uh, computer graphics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they're the in terms of characterization, they're obvious. Yeah. But they're clear, right? Yeah. Like we, we know exactly who these people are and what, what they're their doing. Are. Right, and what they're saying matches up with what they're doing. Right, and it's, so they're they're at least. Are, care about character consistency from scene to scene and moment to moment. Okay. And like when someone changes or does something new, there's a reason for it. And we can point to that reason. Uh, and yeah. the, and it, these just kind of basic building blocks of storytelling. Well, that might not be true of Tombstone, but I wonder, that seems like a common thread in other, like, you know, what we'd call mindless action films. They usually have a pretty one-note main character, right? And that kind of describes what you just said, where they're very clear about what they want and what they do and why they're doing what they do because they're very, I guess, shallow characters with only one uh, goal. Yeah, it, which I think is important, but if you, I think if you look at something like Tombstone, because that's just what's on our yeah. mind right now, that they're not doing that, right? Like, they're articulating yeah. one thing and he's doing something else, and then in the next scene, they're articulating some third thing, yeah. right? And that's not complexity, that's just incoherence. Sure. Um, and I think you see that more in the early 2000s and 90s than you would. Um, yeah, a lot of Michael Bay films are just yeah. like these incoherent messes. Right, because they don't yeah. care about the characters, right? Like yeah. the characters yeah, so are A lot of Michael Bay films, the, the characters just aren't really characters. They're just there. Right, because you need someone to say the lines to explain why this is blowing up. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. yeah someone to fire Characters kind of yell at each other randomly. Yeah, for a while. Like, Optimus, Bowie. <laughs> I, I would love to see a supercut of Shia LaBeouf yelling Transformer <laughs> names. Oh, I'm I sure you, that exists. Do you think so? I feel like there's I a 99% chance that, that I exists. would die laughing watching that. I feel there's a pretty good chance that Shia LaBeouf put that together himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seems like something he'd do. Well, he did the art thing where you like he, put a green screen behind himself and put oh, it on the internet. Yeah, so. yeah. There was, he's done all sorts of weird shit. But yeah, he's a, he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Um, but... I, yeah, I, I, it was disappointing to watch this movie and just like be like, oh, I love this movie, and it's not not, not yeah, as good it's not as, as good. I remember it. Yeah, I I, I do. Uh, I mean, I think it's still important to watch movies like this. That's because, my fear of yeah. like an experiment like this. Yeah, though, right. It's <laughs> like you watch something, and it's like, damn, that, you just ruin your memory of it. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I yeah. feel like this is the first movie we watched where I was really like, this is just not good. Right. Like I feel like most of those. Which stuff, is funny because we yeah. watched Pitch Black and like that. <laughs> Pitch Black was a better movie than this. Yeah, Pitch Black's great. Yeah, I I would rewatch Pitch Black. That was yeah. a good time. I don't know if I would be too enthusiastic to watch rewatch it soon, but, but I would much rather watch it. Than in terms Tom. of like an Aliens knockoff, it's like a pretty good. Yeah. Knockoff. yeah. Whereas like, this is a really, really bad peck and pound knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's some things to save here. I think Kurt Russell and yeah. Bill Kilmer are the charismatic performance. They're charismatic actors giving charismatic performances. And that's, yeah, but even when good. even when they try and do like the real like cowboy movie stuff is, you know, when you have the the riders like coming out of the sunset. Yeah. 
after some of the characters are dead. And it's like, <laughs> why are we circling back to this? It's like, well, we're supposed to be nostalgic for these four. But those four together never did anything other than the shootout. The yep. okay, Corral. So it doesn't make sense to like have them. We have no feeling for them. We have no connection to this. Yeah, and, and this moment in time is clearly fake, right? Yep. So yep. it's just nothing. It's yeah. pure like emotional exploitation. Yeah. And, and, so, but I, I think it's important to uh, to watch movies like this and to watch movies you don't like because uh, I think we need to be able to articulate what doesn't work about them, right? It, yeah. It's not enough to just say, I don't like this movie because I don't like that dude's face or something. Like You <laughs> have to have a reason and like you have to be able to say what that reason is. Uh, in the yeah, same way that you have... It's interesting to figure out why like the characters didn't work in this right. one. What right. makes for good characterization yeah. and action. Yeah, and or, the, or the opposite, right? Where films that you think are going to be bad and watch them and they're kind of yeah. surprised that they're good. Which was a lot of people's reaction to Mad Max, right? Yeah. Fury Road. I, I was pretty excited for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little surprised by that because I actually watched the first two Mad Max movies and didn't like them at all. Okay. Uh, which is weird because I normally would be... Well, the first one is bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you watch it, it's like, why did anybody like this? This is the craziest, yeah, but, like, yeah. In, most incoherent <laughs> mess of a movie ever. But the, the second, second one, one... It was always... Like regarded as one of the best car chase movies and one of the best action movies ever. So I obviously had to watch it, right? And then it just really fell flat for me for some reason. I think that Fury Road just like let the technology catch up to the point where they could make that kind of movie, but make it convincing enough. But it's also saying Fury Road is like something a lot more interesting about capitalism, about Gender. gender... And about these tropes in the movies and how you're supposed to expect them mm-hmm. to play out and plays them in the opposite way. Yeah. Well, like, we're supposed so- to see the male characters save female characters, but the male character is largely useless in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's it, not useless, but he's the prop, right? Like, yeah. He's the, ass- the assist. Yeah. And, like, that's what's... Like, and, and, she saves... Right, like the, the, the women, or she like frees these women. Mm-hmm. Like the, the one of the great the, visual storytelling moments in that movie is when he yeah. is has the sniper rifle, and it, when it's late at night, and he's like <laughs> trying to hit the guys, and he misses twice, and they yep. have free shots. And she like pushes him off. No, like, he hands it to her. He oh, says, right, right. He says, yeah. "Here, you take it," and then he he kneels down to so he, she can use his shoulder as yeah. a mount. Yeah, and like that's such a great moment, right? Yeah. Like it's just he, they don't need to say a word. Like it, it, yeah. it just articulates exactly what they mean. Uh, much more clever movie and it um again like i'm sure there were were important women to the story that are just being completely glossed over yes it seems without a doubt that's true yeah yeah and yeah this is what what we're left with i felt kind of bad for the most of the female characters in tombstone yeah you should they they don't have (laughs) a lot of completely forgotten yeah yeah white herbs like wife in the movie is just kind of viewed upon with disdain as this drug addict who is nothing but stifling on him or something like that right yeah it was the uh, classic like they're so hostile that character and it never is clear why other than she does too much laudanum like yeah i don't get it yeah it's it's in nuisance to their brotherhood yeah right yeah all the female characters are right she kind yeah, of plays like they're, they're not the cool girls yeah sort of <sighs> she, she plays like like skylar white with none of the subtext yeah right like just how the people that didn't understand breaking bad right skylar white is how this character actually is <laughs> <laughs> all right so charles what do you think what's your final thoughts on tombstone here um 
I think I will keep regarding it as just a fun, <laughs> um, like low-key action movie with some of those fun, fun scenes with charismatic characters. And uh, I'll say that you probably shouldn't look any deeper into it than that. Yeah, I say you definitely That's should look deeper into everything that you're viewing. And I will also suggest that people just watch Wild Bunch instead. Because <laughs> it's better. Uh, Wilson, what's what's up? What's okay, up? well, I mean, now that Charles has introduced several <laughs> new <laughs> options, I'm going to stick with what I landed on originally. Um, we're going to watch Mulholland Drive. I Oof. feel like something really unconventional. I feel like capital A art movie. Capital yes. I feel like another art movie uh, where what's happening on screen is not what's literally, literally going on in the movie. Um, and introducing the <laughs> David Lynch movie I like best, and also the first movie we watched with female leads, which I think is important. So, all right, Mulholland Drive. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening.